When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 1253. Do your preferences for a romantic partner influence your actual choice of romantic partner? By Dr. Lauren Campbell of Loves.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to ORD. My name is Greg Audino. I am your host and narrator, and I'm here with you every single day sharing some of the world's best relationship-building content. Though on Saturdays, we take your personal questions for our weekly Q&A segment. So if you need some help within your own relationships, you can email whatever's on your mind to advice at oldpodcast.com, advice at oldpodcast.com. You'll definitely hear back from me and we'll do our very best to support you. But as for today's episode, I've got a post on tap from loves.com, which always comes with a lot of great research attached. This one is about whether or not we actually tend to date people who match our preferences. So let's see what Dr. Lauren Campbell has to say about it as we optimize your life. Do your preferences for a romantic partner influence your actual choice of romantic partner? By Dr. Lauren Campbell of loves.com. A lot of research from all over the world has asked people about what they prefer in a future romantic partner. There is a big assumption in almost all of this research that these preferences matter when people choose a romantic partner from many possible alternatives. For example, if my friend Chris says he prefers a woman that is a few years younger than him, outgoing, ambitious, and wants to start a family eventually, most would assume when deciding to enter a romantic relationship, he should be more likely to select someone that closely matches rather than defies his preferences. If my friend Shelby says that she's looking for a dark-haired man with sagacious eyebrows who can simultaneously walk and chew gum, then she should be more likely to enter a relationship with a man that is both intelligent and has eyebrows, and that scores high on the sagaciousness scale, assuming he knows what sagaciousness means. I have not counted the number of studies that focus on interpersonal attraction, the general term used to describe research that is concerned with partner preferences, But it's safe to say that there are hundreds upon hundreds of published research studies on this topic. So, do individuals' preferences for a romantic partner when they're single reflect the traits and personalities of their actual future romantic partners? According to my understanding of the available research, there is no definitive answer to this question. Simply put, we don't know. What do we know? Here's a brief summary. 1. Key Finding If you ask people that are in a relationship about their ideal romantic partner preferences, it turns out their current romantic partner is a fairly close match to these preferences. 
limitations of this work? After entering a relationship, people can change their preferences to match the realities of their new partner, and partners can, over time, change each other to more closely match their own preferences. Thus, we don't know whether A, those ideals reflect actual ideals held by study participants before they met their current partners, or B, partners became more ideal over time but didn't initially match the ideals. 2. Key Finding When reading a description of a possible romantic partner, for example, descriptions of people on a dating website, people report being more attracted to potential partners that more versus less match their own preferences. Limitation of this work? In many of these studies, the potential romantic partner does not really exist, but rather was created by the experimenter. No real relationship can ever materialize. Therefore, it's not possible to determine if preferences predict actual mate choice. 3. Key finding. If you ask one group of people the age of their preferred romantic partner, and then look at the ages at which another group of people actually got married, there's a lot of overlap. That is, men prefer women that are somewhat younger than themselves, and women tend to prefer men that are somewhat older than themselves. Looking at actual marriage records, men tend to marry women that are younger than themselves, and women tend to marry men that are older than themselves. Limitation of this work? Long story short, stated preferences and marriage patterns were never assessed in the same group of people, and therefore, we cannot confidently conclude that preferences caused marriage patterns. 4. Key Finding If you have people meet actual potential partners, such as in the context of speed dating, it turns out that people's preferences for what they want in romantic partners does not predict who they say they actually liked during the speed dating event. It seems, therefore, that individuals' preferences for a romantic partner predict how much they like written descriptions of other people, but not how much they like actual people after meeting them. Caveat? Using somewhat different getting-acquainted research procedures, other researchers have found that people's preferences for romantic partners do predict who they say they liked. Limitation of this work? All of this research asks about initial attraction or liking, and not about actual relationship formation. In the existing speed dating research, for example, almost no speed daters actually started dating each other. So, it's impossible to know whether people ultimately pair off with someone who matches their preferences. In none of the research mentioned, is it possible to determine if the preferences of the research participants assessed when they were not in a romantic relationship were associated with the traits and qualities of their romantic partners after they began a new relationship, suggesting that the available research provides incontrovertible support for or against the idea that mate preferences matter for actual mate selection is therefore largely speculation. We know a lot about people's preferences for future romantic partners, but we know very little about how these preferences influence people's decisions to begin romantic relationships with real others that do or do not match their preferences. Given that a lot of research assumes that preferences matter when people choose to start relationships with new romantic partners, and some recent research suggests that preferences do not matter, at least for initial attraction after meeting people at one point in time, a large gap exists between what we think we know and the actual research record. As stated clearly by Tullett, quote, A study that uses self-reports of behavior as a proxy for actual behavior is only as informative as the existing knowledge of the association between the two. End quote. 
Translation, people telling us what they might do does not substitute for what they actually do. Thus, today, our existing knowledge of the association between preferences and actual mate choice is weak. Gaps this large in the research literature, however, are wonderful research opportunities. But this research opportunity comes with some challenges. Researchers need to follow people over time as they enter new relationships. You just listened to the post titled, Do Your Preferences for a Romantic Partner Influence Your Actual Choice of Romantic Partner? by Dr. Lorne Campbell of Loves.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And thanks a lot to Dr. Lorne for his writing and for sharing this research today. I really loved, however, um, how he shared the limitations of a lot of the current research available. And there might be more as well. Meeting someone who doesn't match our preferences but is immensely helpful in the face of a personal crisis, for example, could really accelerate the development of romantic feelings. Or if we have a particularly bad breakup with someone who matched our initial preferences, it might be easy to want to just change everything when getting back into the dating arena, and looking specifically for opposite characteristics. So, the list could go on. But, of course, a takeaway from all of this is that, while we want to be patient and accepting of our natural preferences, we also really want to stay mindful of not letting them narrow our lenses too much when looking for a partner. In addition to that, We also want to sort our preferences and understand which ones are more meaningful to us than others so we can rightfully designate our relationship negotiables and our relationship non-negotiables. So a lot of good information and self-work can be extracted from this article, and we thank Dr. Lorne once again for that. And we also thank you for showing up and uh, for listening to the end and, of course, for making another episode possible. Highly appreciate that, as always, everyone. It is time to get going, though. Take care, enjoy the rest of your weekend if you're listening in real time, and be sure to come on back tomorrow where I will have a post for you from Simply Fiercely about how to take chances in love. That's where your optimal life awaits.